Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times it can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jessica, here we are. Seven recaps, seven seasons. I can't believe another season's in the book. Oh my God, the final season the last season Mm -hmm. um for those of you following along this isn't the last boy meets world podcast i'm sure even after we finish boy meets world we'll we'll revisit it at some point um but that's for next week next week we're going to be talking about the entire series as a whole but today we're just going to be talking about season seven uh if you've been around a while we do these for every season talk about our thoughts on the season as a whole mvps lvps different character arcs, our favorite episodes, our least favorite episodes, and so on and so forth. Um, In preparation, Sarah, I started rewatching season seven today on 2X because I'm a psychopath. Um, How how far did you get? I got about over halfway through the season. And then I got pulled into various meetings and other nonsense. Mm. Um, But I will say, I think the thing that I would in summation of like this whole season to me, it feels very roller coastery where there's like very high highs. There aren't a ton of super low lows, but there's a lot of meh in in like in between mm. the high highs, you know? I see. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, I like all other seasons. Um, I usually do a binge watch and watch the entire season back. Um, I started about like a week ago. I was pacing myself four episodes a day, kind of very, very strict 
very Virgo rising tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. Sincerely. So I felt as though um, I agree with you. I was very surprised on how much I enjoyed season seven. I thought that I was going to go into this and being like, this is such going to be such trash. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be awful. And there's something that I did in the beginning of our coverage. And I said, Jessica, I'm going to live and let go. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I'm not going to be all up in arms about a stupid Eric. I'm not going to be a negative Nancy. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, my whole perspective has changed. And I really liked this season. In fact, I think it's a season um, that has great improvements from season six. Actually, You know what? I think there's a few reasons that we went into the season with very low expectations. I think for one season six really bit us in the butt. Like we were on such a high from season five that when we went into season six and saw what it had to give us, we were like, ugh, like send it back, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that that was for one, that was one reason that we were like, oh my God, season seven. Okay. We're going to, we're going to trudge through. And I also think that, in a case like this, in a lot of 90s shows um, that tend to run, right, nowadays, I feel like they know when to cancel shows. They're like, okay, we're going to write this out. We're not going to do that many seasons. We're going to be done very quickly. We have everything prepped. Whereas in the 90s, it was like, Mm-mm, we are going until we die. We are running this wagon until the wheels fall off. And I think a lot of shows in this time period the last season is kind of trash because everyone has given up. Right. Um, And so I think that was another thing that kind of left us thinking like, oh, it's not going to be very good. And so it's funny that you said that it was better than you thought it would be because that's literally the first note in my notes about this season is it's much better than I thought it would be. Like that. There's, there's just like a lot of very fun moments. And I think, you know what it is, Sarah, is we talked a little bit about how there was a little bit of a return to form with this season where even they're still learning things like we had a lot of these like moral of the story episodes but they're like adult life lessons instead of like the season one life lessons you know absolutely yeah yeah I thought that that was really interesting too I think that the thing is is when you're a teenager you really do think that you know everything so it's kind of interesting for Corey and Sean and even Topanga to some extent when they're in their late teens to be like we don't need advice like we don't Mm -hmm. need Alan we don't need Amy Mr. Feeney get out of here with your life lessons and then when you go into your mid-20s you're kind of like huh like maybe I don't know everything and like I'm just trying to figure shit out and especially when you get into those years where you are engaged and you are going to get married and you are married. I think that you usually lean on your parents and your elder peers. I mean, elder peers seems a little disrespectful, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the, the older people in your life, whether that's yeah. parents or aunts or, you know, met old mentors to give you guidance on how to be a good adult, yes. a good husband or wife. And I think that kind of makes sense to go back to form, as you say, and say, Hey, like Mr. Feeney, like I kind of need your help here. What do I do? Yeah. I think it's interesting because this is our second college year and the first college year was season six, which we really didn't like that much. And so I think it's interesting that like now we're hitting the point in season seven and a lot of my 
high points in this season, the episodes I liked the most were the ones that had these like big um, life moments happening, right? Like the honeymoons, like the honeymoon stage, getting your first apartment, your first apartment isn't that great. Like, I think those, those are the ones I enjoyed the most. And I'm, I was so pleased that despite the fact that there are, like I said, there are some middling episodes that feel a bit like, eh, what else do we have to say? You know, some of them feel a little bit like out there as far as um, what, what they're trying to say in those episodes. I do think there are some like epic episodes that I, I would put them at the top of my list overall in Ooh. terms of Boy Meets World episodes, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. And so I think because of that, it brought season seven up in my, in my perspective in terms of rankings. And I just, I thought it was really nice that we got to go out on this like higher note that it wasn't like a season six where the final season and we're like, ugh, like this was a slog. I really enjoyed this season and whether it's because we did have low expectations or because it was just like the final season we were covering. And so we were trying to enjoy it as much as we could, or if it truly just was like a better season. I feel like all of those things contributed to why I like it so much. Do you remember why we had such an issue with season six? Um, aside from the fact that I think that we were really wishy-washy with the, should we get married? Should we not get married with Corey and Topanga? That was the number one reason I remember disliking it. But I also think, I think the it doesn't. Thruple. We didn't I like th the thruple. The thruple. I think that also it was like, we're also covering Dawson's Creek. And so I think we're getting a very different college show with that show and like I feel like there's a certain point where we're like why can't you act like college kids it's almost like they were trying to have it both ways where they didn't want their characters to be too like party hardy and like because this is still a family show but at the same time I felt like the characters were so meh in season six yeah yeah I think that that could definitely be it I think that it just I know it's almost like they wanted to age up everybody, yes. but didn't want to miss out on those college ages. But because of the restrictions that it's a Disney show, um, they 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 had really, really strict restrictions mm -hmm. as to what they can and can't show on television. Um, as we know that the there's a couple of banned episodes on the Disney channel right. or there was and everything that had to do with that had to do with uh, sex or drinking. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. No, I think it's, I think, I think you're right. I think they wanted, it's interesting because the, the episodes I like so much in this season are very more like what you would see if your characters were in their mid to late 20s versus being 18, 19 like they are in this season. Yeah, it's hard to really think of them as 18, 19 year olds or sophomores in college. It's kind of ridiculous to mm -hmm. me, to be honest with you. I really do think that uh, the show could have benefited from aging up the characters until like their mid 20s but and there is precedent for them to do that because they've done that in earlier seasons like they leapt a few right. years ahead in school right. at a certain point right um but i do think that we would have been disappointed without a college experience from Corey yeah. and Topanga and yeah. um uh, but overall i really do think that this is a great season and i'm i'm curious like who who is responsible 
for making this season a good season of television. Who is our MVPs? I struggled a bit with this one. I was between two characters. Um, I think we can easily say it wasn't Corey because he drove me bonkers for most of the season. Um, most of the time he, he just, he just got on my nerves. Um, I ended up, I really like, I struggled. I will say my MVP was a woman. My two, my top two were both women. Um, and I ended up with the MVP of Topanga. Mm. Um, I think I really liked, I felt like, the whole the beginning of the season was not for Topanga. She had a very very rough start. I really didn't like the premiere. I really didn't like the first few episodes because I didn't like how Topanga's like, "Oh, my parents are getting divorced and so now I don't believe in love at all." This is like very unrealistic and silly. Um, but I feel like once we were once Corey and Topanga were back together, we had a lot of very good Topanga content. Um, especially her and Corey getting their first apartment, like learning how to, how to live together, her still trying to study and balance all of that. I just felt like Topanga had a really good season and I'll, I'd have to re-listen and I will, I will re-listen to all of our season recaps before we come back for the, the series recap, but I don't know that I've ever given it to Topanga. And I was like, it's kind of wild to me that I haven't. And I do think she's earned it this season. My honorable mention is Angela, mostly because she got the fuck out of there and was like, I'm going to Europe, bitches. <laughs> um, yeah. So she was on my short list of con uh, contenders for MVP. But what about you? Who did you give your MVP award to? Well, I just think that's a really interesting point because I think I spent a lot of the season in regards to Topanga um, kind of crapping on her and how like, oh, she lost a bit of herself, but it's actually a success story because she ultimately came around and found herself and found her own voice. And a lot of what we were talking about was that it felt like Topanga was first and foremost a wife. And by the end of the series, she did something for her. She took a risk. She decided that she wanted to go get this internship in mm -hmm. New York City and um, with the support of Corey, they decided to move to New York together. So I think that it's a really, really good and insightful thing because I didn't consider Topanga because I was like, oh, I was crapping at her all season that like she lost herself. But I think it's more so a triumph that she found herself by the end. Yes. And I think that I need to give her more credit for that. Um, so I think that's a, actually a really good pick. Yeah, and I also think, too, okay, let's think about it this way. Corey has been driving us insane for a few yeah. seasons now. She yeah. has been putting up with his nonsense. For, for nonstop for seven seasons. Like, that's correct. Think about it. Like, she goes into her apartment, and the whole thing is freaking yellow. <laughs> and then like, she almost becomes all full of cork. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to give the girl some credit. I also, part of this was in, it was really a, an emotional pick for me as well, because I really, really hated, and we talked a lot about this, but I really hated the episode, the fat shaming episode, that she's having my baby back ribs. Um, And I really felt for Topanga for that specific episode. And I felt like while she didn't like handle it 
the most, you know, like she shouldn't have gone along with the being pregnant thing. I'm like, I really felt bad for her. And I felt bad that that was even a storyline she had to put up with. Um, yeah, to be official. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. they're basically like, oh, hey, your character's fat now, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, um, so, so uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine getting that script, uh, yeah. you know, Monday morning or whatever and having to put up with that shit it's ridiculous um but all in all great pick i actually um this is probably without much surprise but i ultimately went with eric slash will friedel and i think it is um for the two years that we've been covering this podcast we have been um saying things along the lines of oh, I wish Eric didn't become stupid Eric or they ruined Eric. Like, why did they do that? Mm -hmm. And I think that I was going into season seven, really not looking forward to seeing what became of Eric. And what I ultimately found was that Will Friedle and in turn Eric was really the glue that kept everyone together. I think that he's kind of like, I, I, I talk a lot about how I feel like everybody has senioritis Yes, uh, yes. in this season and they're like oh, like get me out of here but I can just tell that Eric um slash Will Friedle is actually really really happy to be there really passionate about what he does is feeling like he's funny and is getting appreciated yes. for when he's funny and I think that there's times where he's acting stupid but I'm I fully convinced myself that there's reason behind it. Like I really, really yeah. did. Maybe I'm gaslighting myself. No, but I, I feel, love it. I feel like, you know, he how else is Eric going to get attention in a sea of married brothers and virtuoso sisters and hot best friends? Like, where does Eric fit in in all of this? And he has yeah. to be the funny guy. And actually. I'm thinking about it because, you know, I don't think that Will Friedle is overweight at all, yeah. but I've found myself being like the chubbier friend having to feel like my value is to be funny. Because and- Sarah, that is literally what the 90s taught us. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Not trying to like poke fun at our, the name of our podcast, but like, yeah, literally we had movies like Heavyweights. We had like, I'm even thinking like Cinderella where Gus Gus the chubby mouse is like yeah. the silly one. Like there is so many examples of like the quote unquote fat friend being the funny one. And I totally connect with what you're saying because I never, we've talked about this before. I've never had a thigh gap, never in my life. Who is she? Always thunder thighs, always like the tree trunks. Mm-hmm. And so to me, even though I wasn't overweight when I was a kid, I always felt like I was, and I always was very tall and just like very different. And I always felt like, um, you know, uh, I used comedy as a defense mechanism right? Exactly to, to deflect. And I think you're totally spot on with that assessment of Eric. And I think if we can just I think we're allowed to put any type of canon that we want onto the show. And I like the idea of thinking like, oh, this is Eric reclaiming his position in the group because jack stole his hot guy uh position status yeah the Mm -hmm. the womanizer yeah and that's probably how he feels like he can be kept in if he's the funny one if he makes people laugh if he's the clown um and i think that he uh does a really good job at it and i feel bad that i spent so long shitting on the air character when ultimately i think that a, I think that he did the best that he was able 
to do with what he got. Yes. And B, there was really, really like nice moments where the season one, season two air came out. He's there. It's not like he escaped into oblivion. He's there. He's just yeah. underneath some of the silliness. And then on top of that, the the plays with squirrels bit is not even in canon. It's a in the future dream. Yes. So it's kind of hilarious how we're like, oh, he's just like plays with squirrels. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. Well, that was a that was a a daydream. Yeah. And I I really think a lot of my love for Eric is a lot of the way Will Friedel plays him. Yeah. Like I, always, I I love how you put um Eric slash Will Friedel because I do think we have to give him a lot of the credit for being the reason we laughed so much and um specifically i feel like he earns his mvp status for that red couch bit alone where he's like <laughs> hiding in the couch those bloopers like literally i watched the episode today and it still cracked me up it's so stupidly funny um i i love him like they're still sitting on him and he's like you have to get up <laughs> like, get up <laughs> yeah i just think, I think that he's Sometimes you just need somebody who is still excited about the thing that you were once excited for to really yes. appreciate it. Like I'm thinking of like camp vibes or like a group, like when so many people just shit on something or they want to get out of there if they're fatigued because they have senioritis, like you need the will for Dell in your life to be like, no guys, like this is really great. And we have mm -hmm. a once in a lifetime opportunity here, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's, that's kind of how I feel about my MVP, but I, I totally, agree with Topanga as well. So I think that we have two really good picks. I think they're both very solid. Um, and I, I like that Topanga has never been a winner before. I'm going to have to listen back to say, I know I've given Eric an MVP before, so I know he's definitely gotten one. Before. Yeah. And the language was, I'm going to give it to Eric because I don't think that he's ever going to get the opportunity to yes. get it in the future. And look at him now. Look at baby. him now. Look at yeah. him now. So I look forward to going back and kind of revisiting all of those podcasts and seeing like who I've given it to over yeah, the. Just over uh, the are you going to do a uh, compilation of me saying I can't believe it's another season in the book? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so many times. It's just going to be me seven times in a row saying mm, it's it. Another season in the book. Another season um, in the book. But on the other side of things, let's get into our LVPs of the season. Do you want to go? Let's give. Let's get yours first, since I went first last time. Who did you give the honorary title of LVP of the season? Uh, you know, I guess the answer is Corey, right? Like that's the answer that I think I'm supposed to say, and that's because <laughs> he was so insufferable for a lot of it mm -hmm. um there are times where i do think that there was good Corey moments um ultimately i really like how Corey handled topanga moving to um or wanting or needing to move to new york however mm -hmm. everything was so reactionary and also i just think back to the war and uh peace and how 
Corey refused to apologize even at the very end of everything when anybody else was apologizing. And that was just kind of his whole MO this season. He would react big and not be apologetic for it. He would act out of turn or cross boundaries that he shouldn't have had, shouldn't have. He acted like a clown like Eric, but it didn't seem like it was in a funny way. It seemed like I'm like a brat that I'm not getting my way. So I'm going to have a tantrum. Yeah. So it was really hard to enjoy these Corey moments when there was so much where he was just acting like I felt like a child. And I think ultimately we kind of discussed it in our um, Brave New World recaps where mm-hmm. when I started seeing clips from season four and season five, Corey, I was like, oh, that's the Corey that I had my crush on. That's the Corey yeah. that I loved. That's the one that I really think did a great job um, just being a good guy. And I, you know, I just don't love seeing the bratiness. We've seen the bratiness before. I'm thinking uh, back to when, what was it? Like his mom was um, going to have the baby shower and it was Valentine's Day. And he was like, how dare you want to spend Valentine's Day with my mom? I, you know, like, you know, why are you going to have a baby shower? And it's that kind of entitled attitude that I find least attractive and endearing about Corey, but um there were there were but he wasn't like awful terrible i don't know i feel like we've seen worse seasons of Corey. like i think the problem is like by the time we get i think the honeymoon version of Corey is very fun oh my gosh Um, yes there okay so like there was moments where Corey actually was super funny yeah you're right yeah but it's it's like you said it's it's very uh far few and far between where like those Corey those versions of Corey were fun and I felt like like you you like you mentioned with him um you know deciding to go to New York with Topinga but that mm-hmm. feels like too little too late you know what I mean yes. like we're in the finale like yes. come on he did um, have some of my feet my funniest moments which we'll discuss in his like in a little bit more in his character mm-hmm. roundup but um, how about you? What who's your yeah. MVP? So I definitely considered Corey. Um, but I, I went a little bit of a different route because Corey is always around and he very much annoyed me this season. So definitely, definitely totally agree with what yeah. you say. What I ended up doing was someone who I thought had potential and they just didn't do a good job with the character. And that is Jack for me. I just oh, think yeah. he's like he's almost useless at this point because all his big storylines were like, okay, Chet has died and he's there for Sean and like, Oh, uh, Eric meets him and he's his best friend. Whereas this season, like he's not dating Rachel anymore. It's like, what even is his purpose? Like he's barely around the only like, spotlight he gets is in the episode where he's working at the student union with Eric and he gets the life lesson of like maybe I should be a little bit more like Eric and care about people a little bit more um but beyond that it just feels like he was kind of wasted like it just it there's so much potential there for that character considering the ties that he has to this friend group and it just feels like they didn't do a good job of utilizing him in that way the show is obsessed with Corey. again it's boy meets world and Corey is the boy 
But at the same time, if you're going to have this character on the show for a few seasons, why not give him something to do? Give yeah. him a few moments with Sean. Give him a few moments with Eric. It just didn't feel like they made that a priority at all. And he turned into um, the like the body. That's all they that's all they yeah. used him for was like scenes where it's like, oh, show me your muscles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He became very self-involved with his looks. And I think mm -hmm. I don't. I don't blame Matthew Lawrence. I know it's the show and I know that it's like, oh, you're the hot guy. So we're going to have you take your shirt off and be really vain. And yeah. you, you know, but the, when he wasn't doing that, he was putting down Eric all the time, either too embarrassed to be his friend or calling him stupid. Yep. Um, there was a couple of times with Sean, but it wasn't really utilized well. Yeah. at all i totally agree with that um we learned that he had a gambling addiction and that felt yes. really left of center and, and like at the very end of the season it's all about like oh i have the jack.com or whatever yeah. and then it's like jack. oh my stepdad has cut me off it just is like they did nothing with him like they could have mm -hmm. dedicated time to like Jack's stepdad cutting him off right like there could have been a lot more I don't know maybe I don't know if the actor is like wanting serious content or like serious scenes but I feel like they could have given us more with that I think he is I mean this is the guy that like literally owns a bunch of lizards like he can handle serious stuff <laughs> that's the reason he can handle serious stuff he owns a bunch of lizards so many lizards he's a lizard <laughs> you guy you have to be serious to own all those lizards i mean he takes really good care of them we know that he's a good traumatic <laughs> actor he was <laughs> he was in mrs outfire that's true no it's just it's i just feel like again Corey is the obvious pick and i figured one of us would pick him and we were already going to be talking about how annoying he was and so i kind of went with someone who i felt like i think it's a good they just, uh, a they good just pick. didn't do enough you know yeah, i totally agree his name jack's name definitely crossed my mind as well mm -hmm. um so yeah i do think rachel is up there as well but i didn't i felt like she even had a little bit more to do than than jack did i felt like they highlighted her relationship with angela at least uh decently well considering that rachel is pretty much a tertiary character at this point mm -hmm. so um that's why jack got it over rachel because i did feel like they did some stuff with rachel um so yeah, let's uh let's dive on into our thoughts on each character's arc after we go to a quick commercial break. We will be right back. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, we're back. Um, let's get into specific character arcs. And of course, it is Boy Meets World. We have to start with the boy himself, Corey. We the talked boy. a little bit about... Ugh, his his arc this season <laughs> did you did you start off this season liking him more simply because Topanga was like trying to break things off with him 
No, I think that most of my or a lot of my frustrations um, came from the first couple of episodes with him because Mm -hmm. I really did not like the fact that he went off and visited fake Jedediah and was like, oh, hey, like your problems are stupid because Topanga doesn't want to marry me. Like, please tell her to marry me. I thought that that was very immature to think that. This is a good point. Yes. All of his problems are going to be solved by you know, butting into other people's marriage. What actually got me around um, and turned me around with Corey Mm -hmm. was the, I really liked the story arc about them moving into the shitty apartment. Yes. Um, I, I, I thought that that was the really, really good story arc. And I think that it, really sparked an interesting conversation between the two of us about like what our parenting styles are or how we think that Amy and Alan handled um, that whole situation. And I think that Corey, number one, like Corey and his cork world and his yellow paint really sends me over Thumbtack City forever. Um, I think that all of that was really funny. I thought that, um, his lead up to the honeymoon was very funny. I, you and me love honeymoon. Honey, like, I, I literally was watching today and I, the, I think the first thing I messaged you was honeymoon. Honeymoon. <laughs> I think that there's so many really hilarious lines that came from Corey. There's this one line that still sends me over the edge every single time. And it's, um, oh my gosh. It's the one where Corey's a hypochondriac and he's holding the pill bottle and he's like, he's like, I'm going to be on these for the rest of my life. <laughs> yes, and the and pill's still like flying. I have watched that scene. I am, I don't do this. I don't do this ever. I have rewatched that scene countless times. I just think that is the best line delivery that Ben Savage has ever done. I'm going to be on these for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's just so good. I love that. I think that there's a lot of moments where he does a really good job of just being funny. And um, so I got it. I got to give him that. I got to give him that. I think that there's a Corey neuroses that really came out Mm -hmm. in the back end of the series that like, I mean, (laughs) Like, not to be hypocritical, but he he's, like, a little Jewish kid, even though we know Corey's no, not a little Jewish kid. I literally was thinking about this today because he uses Yiddish all so the time. Much. And that's Ben Savage. I wish that exactly. they would have and- made the Matthews family Jewish because yes. I just feel like the representation to have a Jewish family in the 90s would have been incredible. And the Savages are Jewish. And there's a lot of people in Hollywood are Jewish. Michael Jacobs is Jewish. So I'm pretty yeah. sure. So I don't know why they wouldn't have taken that risk. But having Corey have that neuroses. And I think he talks about like a schmear and like bagel and locks at one yes. point. Like, no, I literally had the same thought today. I was like, how different. It wouldn't have been that different. If if it would have uh, been, it would have made a difference in my life. I'll no, no, no. I one. meant, I mean, in terms of like scripting and all of that, yeah. like they wouldn't have had to change a ton. Like mm-hmm. again, the 
it's overtly Christian it's uh, in some parts and we've talked about that and I think like if you just took those scenes out I really think you could just infer that Corey's Jewish based on how much he uses Yiddish yeah um, but like I totally agree with you I wish they had leaned into that because I think there are moments that like you said like representation matters of course is number one but I do think like I think it makes sense. Like, I think it fits because Ben Savage is Jewish. Like, I feel like he knows what it means to be Jewish and like how he could have that reflect itself in Corey, if that makes sense. And I think the show would have been better off for it instead of going the, the generic Christian route, if that makes sense. And it really only manifested when there's like a giant tree, but like when, like Corey could have been half Jewish, that could have been, that could have worked. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I I think then sure. I think you're right. I think the times where Corey is neurotic are probably the best Corey moments um, that we get this season. I think the worst Corey moments we get are when he is being a selfish jerk. Um, I'm thinking as much as we loved the episode with all the drama, um, the war part one. Corey is really an asshole like he refuses to apologize he refuses to see that he's done literally anything wrong Mm -hmm. yeah and he's very selfish and I think like that episode is really tough to to get through in that in that way because it's just like I don't want to watch Corey be a jerk again yeah um and so I'm thinking to um episode 13 the provider which once again like I love that episode um, and I love like Shnazi and all that shit, mm-hmm. but um, the words that he used to Topanga, like you killed my spark because of the competition between the two yeah. of them with the jobs and her success. Like, it's not likable. No, that I think is the most we've gotten on Corey's case, I think. Because it was just, like, so ridiculous that he makes everything into a competition with Topanga. When, obviously, it's like, she gave up Yale for you, dude. Like, you need to have some appreciation for, like, what she's given up. And the fact that, like, you're a partnership now. Like, this is not about you. So, I I think he goes through some, like, really, really bumpy moments. And he always is trying to get, be the center of attention. I'm thinking even when um, Sean gets the letter um about his mom about how it's Mm -hmm. not like his real mom and i'm like he's so controlling over whether or not sean should read the letter you know whereas he should just be supportive of his friend i think that in a way Corey was his intentions were to be protective over sean like i remember the words that he used in that situation he's like everything's been going really well lately you have a great girlfriend you're doing well in school like I know whatever's in this letter is not going to go well and I don't want that for you so it was well-intentioned but ultimately it's Sean's decision and I'm going to continue this conversation a little bit um like because it's such an important episode family ties um, and it's very interesting. And I think that it really formed like my thoughts on like Sean this mm-hmm. season. But yeah. I think it was well intentioned, but no, like you can't you can't it comes off as like you're going to ruin like a good thing and that's involves like also our friendship. And yeah. it just doesn't bode well for Corey. No, not at all. Um, so I think ultimately by the end of the season, we get 
Corey like finally being selfless for like once in his life mm-hmm. and moving with Topanga to New York. Um, I think he has some nice moments in the finale. Again, it felt almost like <laughs> they're like, oh, forget all the crappy stuff Corey has done over the past couple of seasons because they really, really wanted us to remember the good Corey moments. Oh, yeah. A lot of him saying goodbye to everyone more so than any other character. Obviously. Oh, yeah. It was very interesting what clips they showed for Mm -hmm. the two clip shows because it really, the majority really was like, what is Corey's best moments? Like, let's get them in there. Let's see, like, show Corey being uh, chivalrous and a good friend and all this stuff. Um, I did forget at times how crappy Corey was, but yeah. um, But yeah, I think that. I, 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 you know, I, I think that the thing is, is that we have to give him a little bit of grace, I suppose, because he is 19 years old. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a kid, but he's taking on roles of that, of of an adult, right? Mm -hmm. Like he is um, becoming a provider for him and another person. When I was 19, I was just responsible for myself and I didn't have a home that I had to take care of and I had a dorm room but not not an apartment a home with a a friend and I think like he or a a wife rather he wants he wants he I think ultimately like his issue is that he's a 40 year old man in an 18 year old's body he wants everything now. He wants the white picket fence. He wants, mm-hmm. you know, to go on double dates with like all of his friends and their wives. And yeah. he wants the perfect life with Topanga. But, um, I, and you know, he, he's a good husband. You know, you got to think like he is a good, like he might not pay attention all the time. I think he might be a messy popcorn eater. Oh, the worst. <laughs> I think. I think the thing about Corey is when we remember, when we remind ourselves that he is like 19 years old, yeah. I feel like he will mature very well. Like I yeah. think 10 years later, you're like, oh, this guy is great. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, he was just an totally. a-hole when he was that age, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I, I, I'm watching this show. It's called Girl Meets World. Ugh. And he really, he really comes around Ugh, as an adult. <laughs> He, he he still has like those Corey sillinesses, but I'm not seeing the selfishness. And yeah, I think which is that good. it's it's basically like hi, he's a kid, Te- he's a teenage boy. Like, what's worse yeah. in the world than a teenage boy? Truly There's not nothing. much. Yeah. Um. Uh, so let's move on to our boy's best friend, Sean. Mm-hmm. Sean is interesting to look at this season we talked a lot about Ryder strong having senioritis um and it's a little strange it's a little bit of a weird sean season i agree um like we start off with him and angela breaking up right as soon as we or i guess not getting back together is more like what it is um so they there's that's a lot of his story for the first couple episodes is him wanting to be with angela and then we get the episode where they get back together. And then, like, literally a lot of the season is Sean and Angela making out. Like, that is what <laughs> I will remember of Sean when it comes to season seven. That's is, true. Is them making out. That did so happen much. a lot. 
It was too much, too much making out. A bit. I, I suppose writer Strong was like, you know what? I'll be on the show, but the only thing I'm going to do is kiss. Truly. And it's like, I'm not even going to just, I'm not going to tongue kiss. It's just pecs over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think like the worst Sean moments probably come into play with like Corey and Topanga's wedding where he makes it a lot about him. And I kind of think you kind of just have to suck it up and get through the day and then have the conversation with Corey after the fact. True. I'm, and I'm not saying Corey put a lot on Sean. Like he had way too much responsibility for Sean. Um, but I also think Sean probably could have handled it a bit better um, than he did. He he put a lot of it on like, this is changing everything for us, Corey. <laughs> yeah, this was the, you know, the Corey and Sean have this whole thing. Uh, this whole infamous thing that ultimately they're obsessed with each other and it's always mm-hmm. Corey and Sean and Topanga's the third wheel. I didn't really feel that way throughout the series until this season where they kept like harping on the fact that, oh, it's always the two of us and you're Mr. Corey Matthews and yeah. all this nonsense. Um, but I, I mean, that was definitely hard for him. I think that my most interesting Sean moments was once again, family ties. And this was what writer strong and what Sean does best is dramatic acting. Yep. Um, that's where he really shines. I still fully believe that aside from William Daniels, writer strong is by far the best actor on this show. Um, and I think that, I was watching it and I felt like it was really interesting because Sean had a really hard time with the fact that his mom wasn't really his mom and that ultimately he wasn't able to connect with his real mother because she didn't want to be found. And I don't know if we really discussed this during this episode, but I feel so bad for him because he took it so poorly, so much so that he wound up drinking himself silly because I think that he was so hopeful to actually have an active parent Mm -hmm. and he was ready for a change and it was another confirmation that he's on his own yeah I think it's really interesting when you look at that specific episode and Sean's actions and thinking about the previous times he's had drinks and him Mm -hmm. and Um, Jack agreeing not to drink and again we don't a lot of this is behind the scenes type of stuff like we don't see it happening but we know they like see a therapist or see somebody about it and they get help about it because it's a family it's it it runs in the family Um, and I think it's fascinating that he reverts to drinking to kind of quiet those emotions yeah so yeah it's it just feels like this season was much less about Sean than other seasons have been. I I think that that's just probably because of the actor himself. It could Um, be. I did. I did like though, that we did get at least one episode where that was a big, a big thing for him. I think if we want to view season seven, episode three, um, Angela, I think it's Angela's men. Yeah. If we want to view that as another episode where Sean is kind of working through some stuff, like, as a, as a big Angela episode, but I think it obviously comes to play with him as well and trying to get uh, her to take him back and understanding where she's coming from with her backstory. And so, yeah, I think it is a quieter Sean season. Um, 
but I do love the moments that we get of um, Chet and the ghost Chet yes. uh, coming to talk to Sean twice, right? Once at his grave and once in the very last episode. And I do, I do like those moments um, that I do Sean too. does get. I do too. And I think that they're actually done really, really well. I think that the fact that it's Chet talking to the boys and not necessarily Sean speaking to him, it doesn't, yes. it doesn't get tropey. It feels, and it happens so infrequently that when it does happen, it feels heavy and with importance. Yeah. And I really appreciate that um, because I do think that I could toe the line of it being, you know, silly or too much, but it really, it really doesn't. No, they do a good job with it. Um, I think that I, okay. Even though this is a very light Sean season, when we do get these blips of dramatic acting from Ryder strong with Sean, they're always really good. It's yeah. just we didn't get a lot of them this season. And so that's yeah. kind of unfortunate because, again, we talked about this in the finale podcast. But, like, it would have been nice to see Sean get some closure with some characters as well. He did get it with Jack. But, like, it felt like I would have loved, like, an Alan and Sean scene because mm-hmm. I really loved the moment where he gives Alan the, like, um, the handprint ceramic thing. Oh, um, yeah. Alan's birthday, because Alan's the biggest birthday fan that you've ever heard of, didn't you know? Loves a birthday. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I, I agree, though. I think there was a very under-the-radar season mm-hmm. for Sean. Yeah. Um, what did you think of, A, Sean's new short hair, which debuted on episode 14? I'm going to be like mm-hmm. you, Dad. I I like Sean's short hair. I know you're not a fan. I no. I like it. I think it makes him look a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, I know you prefer the long hair, Sean. Yeah. And then, um, being part of the goatee gang, uh, <laughs> from, from episode 16 onward, yeah. I would have preferred if they just had him have the goatee for the, like, uh, the, the potential future. At yeah. Least that episode. But it didn't go. And then, and then all of a sudden he has it for like the rest of the time. And I'm like, what is, I thought this was only the questionable future. Like, and then so does everybody else. Everybody else has a fucking goatee. Yeah. No, I prefer no goatee on Sean, but I do like the short hair. Yeah. Well, Um, there we go. So that's Sean. Um, Moving on to a quiet duo for this season is Alan and Amy who don't get a whole lot of content. The few things that I think about when I think about this season for Alan and Amy are Alan being a pig about Morgan dating. Oh, yeah. With the tube top. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's a tank array. (laughs) Tank array. What about Alan being very, very cheap about uh Topanga and Corey's wedding that I will say oh the oh the 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 wedding um yeah no that's very funny when he's like oh we have a band coming in and it's Feeny with a trumpet (laughs) (laughs) yep that wasn't a great look for Alan however I will say Alan and Amy I thought um we we had just long debates about this on the podcast but ultimately I like where we landed with them and not just forking over the money to Topanga and Corey when they wanted to get a house And like really trying to get them to learn the life lesson of what it's like to be a married couple, what it's like to be an adult. Um, Ultimately, I land on the net positive side for those two with that scene. And I liked that they were included in that whole um, storyline. Yeah, I actually I think that's a great point of inclusion because I really do think that both 
Alan and Amy, although they did not get individual storylines really, except Alan kind of had an individual storyline that had to do with Eric and his relationship with Eric um, in the wilderness episode um, that I just previously mentioned. I do think that as a parental unit, they made a forefront. And I think that going back to what we said earlier is that when you become an adult, you do go and trust what your parents say um, and look for advice. And I do think that we get to hear their parental advice and guidance a lot throughout the season, Mm -hmm. whether it be about the house or the apartment or even, um, in the episode where they think that Corey and Topanga might be having a baby, there was shock initially, but ultimately they came around and were very supportive about all yeah. of that. And I think that they were great in that. I think that they had a hard time digesting the fact that Corey was going to go off on his own, um, but were also supportive and loving about that. Um I think that they had a really a lot of good moments. And I think it's been a while since we really appreciated Amy and Alan. And I like that they were given more material to work with and actually parent again. Um, And I think once again, it's kind of interesting because if you think about it in like a uh, meta situation, when you're a teenager, you just don't go to your parents for advice. So it's, it's psychologically interesting that Amy and Alan were less present in those seasons where Corey was a teenager. However, when he needed them, that's where they appear some more. It's really some like meta 3D chess shit, if you think about it. I really, really, I totally agree with you. And I really love that we got more of them this season, not just because it's the final season, but because I felt like when they did show up with the life lessons, not looking at the Alan being a pig about Morgan dating, but like the apartment thing, um, I really enjoyed when we did get to see them give a little bit of wisdom to the yeah. to Corey and Topanga. So even though they were very sparsely shown throughout the season, I felt like at the very least they had way more to do than last season. I felt like we had almost nothing to say about them last season. Yeah. And so I really liked that. At least we did get to see them in those situations. I liked like their tiny moments too. And, um, and as time goes by, um, when we get uh, the, the Shangri-La cafe. Oh yeah. They were both really, really good in those episodes, um, as actors and, uh, I forget what their character's name was, but I know, oh, Fez, no, Fez had was Feeny, whatever. Fez was Feeny, yeah. But either way, they were really, really fun in, like, uh, those those characters were really fun in that episode. And so I do, I do love that. At the very least, in the final season, we did get a little bit more Amy and Alan wisdom than we've gotten in the past couple of seasons. Yep, Absolutely. Um, moving on from them, let's get into Eric this season. We already talked a little bit about him because you gave him your MVP, but Eric had a decently good season. Yeah. Um, he mostly is played for laughs as always. Right. But I felt like we did get some more sentimental stuff in terms of like, you know what he did to Corey and Topanga a solid when he stepped in and freaking made their wedding spectacular. He did that. He really wanted to be a good brother. I mean, how the means that he did it wasn't that great, but uh, he conned somebody who was somehow 
stupider than himself. Um, and then I think that another standout episode is just him trying to figure out like what's next, what's next. And I think that the safe thing for him to do was go and work at the wilderness store. And that's what he was leaning in. But I think that Alan gave him the permission to dream again. And I, I really love the callback in the part of the episode where Alan was like, Hey, like, didn't you want to be a weatherman? Like, what happened to that? Yes. And yes. Eric was like, I'm not good enough to be a weatherman. And I think that is what a lot of people stop people from reaching their dreams. I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented yeah. enough. And I like that Alan kind of was like, I want you to dream to be whatever you want to be. And ultimately, he decides to go to New York and I don't really know exactly what he does in New York. No, but I kind of like that. I think that it fits the character that he's like, you know what? I'm just going to figure it out. Yep. And I think that really fits Eric. I really loved that we got the I'm going to be like you, dad episode, because I think we really needed it. It has been a while. Like ever since Eric got into college, it was kind of like they didn't want to do any more serious stuff with him. Yeah. And so we not only got the I'm going to be like you, dad episode with some serious stuff. But we also got um, the the brotherly shove episode where he's like, Corey, why don't you want to hang out with me? Exactly. Which, as much as it was kind of eh for I, I personally was a little bit eh on the episode. I liked what they were trying to do with it. I felt like reminding us that these two are brothers and they haven't hung out. And even though they're in the same like friend group, they're not hanging out one on one anymore like they would in season one. Um I thought it was interesting and I like that they had those moments for Eric this season because yes, he is hilarious and yes, he's plays with squirrels and he has these, he gets electrocuted and he like dances with monkeys, but there is serious parts to Eric that I want to see explored. And I yeah. liked that they did that. I thought it was a really good choice that they made. I do too. Or the fact that, you know, even though he got electrocuted in that episode, he ultimately, the reason why he got electrocuted is because he decided that he wanted to give his lucky penny to his brother who needed it more than him. Yep. Um, and I, I, I did like that. I mean, there's moments that we yep. hate, like he's the reason why Topanga really started to feel, I mean, not the sole reason, but no, but one of the reasons the fire as to why Topanga was feeling bad about himself, um, which yeah. really stung. I don't I hate monkeys in general, but I don't <laughs> like that he gave his money to a monkey. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, even in things that I thought that I wouldn't like, like the the what what a drag episode where he dresses up as that uh, French yeah. girl. Like he was hilarious. He's he did it himself too, which I really yeah. liked. Yeah, I think there's a great job. There's one other Eric moment that I did want to mention, and it's in the war and seven the hard way where Eric is the only one who's like, let's not fight. Like, yeah. you know, he wants to be in the middle and he is the heart. We, this is the episode that proves that he is the heart of the group, not Corey. Yeah. He is the glue because he is the one who like, they, it, it hurts your heart the most when they hurt Eric's feelings. Right. Because they said like, Eric, no, he is, he, he like, he knows for a fact that nobody wanted him, but yeah, it's his defense to be like, everybody wanted me. And yeah. then Jack goes around and like, no, you freaking idiot. Nobody wanted you. Like nobody yeah. likes you. You're a moron, whatever that he said. And it's like, 
why you gotta hurt him like yeah what, like he's just trying to live day by day you know do yeah. his best yeah and we did the other thing i want to mention about eric is we got so many feeny calls this season and that was yeah. truly a delight especially i loved again i wish that eric and feeny had gotten the final moment together um but at the very least we got more feeny and eric content i which is like i think now that we've seen the whole show is one of and we'll talk about this i think we should maybe give some superlatives in the in the series wrap up in terms of like pairing or something you know because i think there's arguments for sean and Corey. there's obviously arguments for Corey and topanga i think there's arguments for feeny and eric and they're one of my favorite duos and i just again we get a lot of that this season and i really appreciate that because I think more so than Corey, Feeney has leaned, or excuse me, Eric has leaned on Feeney. Um, and I I just I just thought the Eric content, we, even though we get dumb Eric, which we may or may not like like, I think they still did the I think they did Will Friedle, Um, they did him good. They got they got him good. You know, they gave him some good content besides the silly stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, moving on to my MVP of the season, Tapanga herself. Um, terrible start to the season, but again, who didn't have a terrible start to the season? That's so true. That's so true. It was just a, wasn't a very good start. Like Topanga, she was really down and depressed and like, I don't want to like, you know, bring people down when they're down and depressed, but I just think that to be like, since my parents are getting divorced, I refuse to believe love is real is a a little hyperbolic. Yes. Um, but you know, you and I have explained that we have not gone through um a parental divorce, so we yeah. can't relate as to other children of divorce. So I, I don't wanna, you know, negate her feelings entirely because I don't know what it feels like, but it feels a little like, you know, I wish that her hesitation to get married did not solely have to do with the fact that her parents got divorced like give me we're really young and now that I think about it maybe we're not mature enough give me I want to accomplish things and get a job and be financially stable or um, finish my education before I get married like give me those struggles about getting married young not I don't want to get married because my parents are getting divorced and I refuse to believe in love anymore yeah. No, I'm with you. I think it's it's a really rough beginning of the season for Topanga. I feel like I start loving Topanga again when they're planning the wedding and she has like the eye twitch oh, moments. I die over the <laughs> eye twitch. The Topanga eye twitch, I think, is probably one of the best comedic moments of the season. Yeah. It is so good. That whole episode... Yeah, like think about how great Topanga is not only throughout the wedding planning, but then the wedding itself, besides the dress fiasco. Um but that's the funny honeymoon. too. Like it's funny. Oh, it's very funny. Regard I mean, we hate the dresses and everything, but it's very funny. And then the honeymoon stuff is excellent. I think Topanga is less yes, she doesn't like the apartment, but I, I feel like she is the first one to suggest that they start cleaning it up and getting yeah, it nice. Exactly. And I think she and she's the one like with with the whole party situation right when they want to throw a party there like <laughs> yes uh, she's the one who comforts eric when he's dressed in drag not knowing it's eric she's the one 
who reminds Corey in the brotherly chef episode that your brother gave us a wonderful wedding. Like, I do think there's so many bright Topanga moments in this season after you sludge through the first few episodes. You only have to get through like the first three and then Topanga is pretty great from there on out. Yeah, I also think that back to um, the war and peace, yes. um, uh, Seven the Hard Way, I think that, um, number one, I think it's a really interesting dialogue about how she really just wants to be included in Corey and whatever Corey and Sean thinks. And like she thought that if she joined their team, then they would finally totally include her on something i think that's really interesting i loved that and i think it made so much sense and i thought that like yeah they took it too far but like you can't blame her for wanting to get in on like this friendship what they they have have. yeah she's always on the outside exactly and i think that ultimately the fact that they went too far and she was able to recognize that and said like no like i don't i don't back this like this isn't cool I think that was really good. And I'm referring to, um, you know, Rachel's Scandy picture. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I think it's also interesting where it's like, even though she totally disagrees with Corey, she's married to the man. So it's not like she could be like, fuck you. Like, see you later. Like, yeah. goodbye. We're not friends anymore. She's yeah. she ultimately like as his wife, like she has to go to bed to him with yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think it's interesting watching her deal with the Corey this season. I feel like she deals with it with as much grace as like yes. possible. Yeah. Um, provider where she, yeah. you know, makes the phone call and gets eight magazines in a second yes. and has to deal with Corey's, you know, verbal abuse against her. Yeah. And the fact that she was just really, really happy that she got an, a really good job opportunity and Corey's lack of support. But then ultimately, you know, they that was such an interesting thing because like they had like this really real and genuine fight and reconciliation where it was uh, it spanned like a few hours and ultimately they were just like this is so exhausting but yeah. we have to figure this out before we like go to bed basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I, I really liked the realness of that, of that fight and how real it felt. Um, if I'm going to like say one like negative thing, I just wish her and Angela had gotten like a proper goodbye. And this isn't on Topanga as a character. It's just more like a a note to make that. Like, I felt like they could have done a better job at, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about Angela too, but I felt like they could have had a better send off for Topanga and Angela's friendship because they've known each other the longest of like, like Angela and Sean had their thing, but it feels like Topanga and Angela had such a true friendship that I wish we had, but first of all, gotten to see it more, but also gotten a better goodbye between the two of them. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, I think that it's, it's interesting because like I really do feel like Angela's real friendship this season story was with Rachel but yes yes um and I think that that was a interesting turn of events but yeah. um yeah I think that you know I really really think that I turned around with Topanga and her storyline and the fact that she really did have in my opinion a, a like some amount of growth this season yes definitely um 
and yeah, she she ends the season on a, a a really high note. I think she probably ends up with like the best ending of like, oh, I'm gonna go to New York, and my husband's following me, and uh, she has a cute goodbye to Feeny. Like, I just think she ends the season on a very high note. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Feeny, he's next on our list here. A bit of a quieter season, not a yeah. ton of Feeny focus, right? Now that he's with the dean, it's like he's it's. He's pretty quiet. He's there to spout a little bit of wisdom here and there, sprinkles of wisdom. Um, but I think the biggest Feeny moment in my mind is definitely the finale. I think like yeah. that is what I will think of when I think of season seven Feeny. Yeah, I actually prefer the garden metaphor um, as a Feeny moment. And that takes place in the penultimate episode more so than the final classroom scene. But yeah. it's all one and the same, just like wrapping up loose ties, saying goodbye. I think another standout scene was him um, in, I guess it was the, it was peace, the peace episodes of in the hard way where he gets like stuck trying to be a um, mediator, a, a mediator between the kids. And he's like, really like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, Get me out of here. Yeah, I want out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't have a ton to do this season, but I appreciate that they still did pull him in to give yeah. a little bit of wisdom here and there. Um, and yeah, I agree. The garden metaphor, like the final two episodes are definitely the best Feeny content that we get um, this season. This yeah. Season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of Feeny calls, which are still always epic. I loved the clips of the Feeny calls. It was very fun. Um, I don't have, I don't have a ton to say on Feeny. He's very quiet this season. Just I like agree. our next character, Jack who I gave my LVP to. Um, yeah, like- I think that we talked a lot about Jack. I mean, I think that they didn't utilize Matthew Lawrence a lot. I think that um, it's interesting in the episode Brotherly Shove where mm-hmm. they really do. They were like, hey, remember uh, Sean and uh, Jack are brothers? Do you remember yeah, that? You because I, I barely remember. <laughs> uh, and ultimately, they're like, oh, yeah, like this dude's like so boring, like, don't want to hang out with him. Yeah. I just think that they didn't really know what they wanted to do with the character, ultimately decided that um, he was going to, you know, be a reactionary character. He's going to react to everybody else. Yes. And, um, I mean, to be honest, you need that sometimes in a show. It's just, uh, I think that it just wasn't a lot of good juice. Yeah, I agree. I think I spoke a lot about Jack and my issues with the character in the LVP section. I don't really have a ton more to add. I just, it just feels like, like you said, he's not, he's not providing his own content. He's reacting to others and it's just kind of meh. Um, one, another character that I felt like was done a major disservice this season is Angela. We get two a quote unquote Angela episodes <laughs> with the biggest scam in the world. They're Sean episodes in disguise. We got catfished. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. We get um we get Angela's men, where I will say we get a lot of Angela backstory, which I greatly appreciated. We yeah. get to meet her father. We find out her mother left them. Um and I, I did like the conclusion of that episode and like what the conclusions were that we drew from it of like Angela never even told Sean this like she's a very she keeps to herself she does not want to divulge a lot to people um and I I liked that but I was so upset with Angela's last episode Angela's ashes Mm -hmm. because it was like 
this is supposed to be Angela's story. This is supposed to be Angela's leaving. This is supposed to be she saying goodbye to everyone. And yet we spend the entire time with Sean and his feelings on it. And it just felt like Angela is not a side character at this point. She is a part of the main cast and you're not giving her main cast treatment. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's also really upsetting that they cut her out right before the finale. Like, you could look at it as like, oh, she got an entire episode dedicated to herself. But I don't look at it that way. I look at it as, no, they didn't even let her be in the finale, which is really annoying. Yeah, I I do think that they, once again, didn't utilize Angela. I think that her most interesting aspects were, hmm... I'm proud of her for saying, hey, like, this is what I want to do and I might, you know, lose your like a a boyfriend that I care about or a person I care about. But ultimately, like, I want to take this risk. I want to go to Europe. I want to spend the time with my father. I think that's really admirable. Yeah, I liked getting that from Angela and I liked seeing her father a few times. Like it wasn't just yeah. once. We got to see him twice and it was the same actor, which yeah. is a, a really... feat for the show. <laughs> yes, totally. I really like Sergeant Moore. I think that was his name. I think that yes. he's a really good character. I think it's interesting her story with her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of that's interesting. I just think that, you know, Kind of like with all the women. We just want more. We want more. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then last but not least, Rachel, she got like, we start off with her and Jack are broken up over, yeah. like, over the, between the seasons. Um, I think the biggest moments for her were obviously in the war when they cross a line with her, um, with her, you know, picture, the picture they post of yeah. her. Um. But I also, I I liked the following episode as well, where we get the, like, questionable flash forward type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Rachel has a much stronger season than Jack because of the relationship she has with the other women on the show. Yeah, I agree with that. I really like to see the women coming together and deciding that, like, they're going to be good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that you know, Rachel was like, I am not going to be playing um, duck, duck apartment with you people anymore. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to live on my own. I'm going to take some responsibility. Um, I think that was really good. I think separation from all the dodos really behooved her. Yeah. I liked her relationship with Angela. I thought that was great. So I think that again, I think that she had a much better season than Jack in that even though she could have been utilized more yet again, like we will always say the women could be used more on the show. Um, they still did utilize her at least a little bit and have her grow a relationship more. So with Angela. Um, yeah. And so that was great. So yes, I still could use more of her, but yeah, you know, she gets some growth here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, she, she did do a good job. Never knew she was really good at accents, but she is. I love the Southern accents that she had. They were so funny. Southern accent. She did that like Brooklyn (gasps) accent. Yes, 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 yes. I loved that. Yeah, her character was really fun in, in that episode as well. Yeah. Um. So some fun, some fun Rachel moments, but and then she ends up going to the Peace Corps, uh, dragging Jack along with her, I guess. But I'm yeah. happy for her at least. Like it feels right that she would be going to the Peace Corps. I think so. I think that it could help them with some 
perspective and focus. I think that the fact that the two of them really did not know what they wanted to do after school um, was probably very challenging for them. And ultimately, they decided that they want to do some service and some good in Mm -hmm. the world. And that's what Feeney said. Feeney said, do good. Yeah. And she heard it, even though she she wasn't there. (laughs) She was not there. She was not there. Um. Let's dive into some of our favorite episodes. As usual, you have an entire ranking, and I have just listed out some of my faves. I do. And I found that they come in clumps for me. All my favorite episodes are, like, clumped up together. That's so interesting. Yeah, so I'll name some of my favorites, and you can tell me where they fall on your rankings. Sure. Um, Coming up first for me is The Honeymooners. Yeah. Episode. I mean, I love The Honeymooners. I have that as number three. It's so ironic because I know in Pod Meets World, they literally say that that's where they jumped the shark. That was like their worst episode. And I just don't see it. I loved it. It's so funny. I do too. I think that uh, what gets me is just that, I don't know, like there's it's something so relatable about just wanting to run away and escape. And just live a life where things are stress-free and you're living on an island and you have a career where you make celebrity coconuts. Like, yeah, what's better than that? I feel like where they get the problem is the Eric stuff. But the Corey and Topanga stuff is so relatable and funny and interesting that I don't even really pay attention to Eric hiding and going in different costumes. Same. I think the other stuff is so strong that who cares if the Eric stuff is a little silly. And like, I think it's also just, it's like hitting a reset button because you're like a fresh set, you know, like it's, it's all very fresh and fun. I I think so too. And I, I still think just (laughs) the coconuts are just like so funny. I really like the, um, the older couple that they made friends with. Yes. I think that was really good. All in all, I just think that The Honeymooners is such a good episode. And like I said, I have that in my number three spot. Yeah. Following up on that, I have The Honeymoon is Over, season seven, episode nine. I love this episode. I do too. I think that this episode is just, it's such the crash from the high. I think that mm-hmm. when you come back, and you're back to reality it is rough and this is when they move into the new apartment what do they call yeah. it the, the stink hole it's a stink hole yeah it's a stink hole um when they move into their stink hole and their water is brown and it has that little kid that says i see dead people and all yes. this it's such it's so it's so good i have that really high in my rankings too i think i have that at number five um yeah, or number one. number six i i mean definitely in my top tier episodes excellent excellent and it begins that story arc that i love so much yeah and of course right after that season seven episode 10 picket fences is also very high on my list yeah that is definitely that was in my number five spot if not number six i think that those two go right next to each other mm-hmm. um i personally love judy no it's not judy Haberfeld. who's who's the um was it like oh, the realtor Lansbury, the realtor yeah and then she goes with nook Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't remember her name, but she straight up lost her mind. Yeah. I really <laughs> like that. What do you like about picket fences? Um, I, I love that. This is like the life lessons episode. Yeah. 
Um, I think I, I love Corey and Topanga coming together and deciding that they're gonna, you know what, they're going to just take what they have and they're going to, you know, fix the pipes. And I liked that. I really, really thought it was, I don't know. I just really loved it. I love the the scene where they start to play swamp monster and they're just so playful and it feels so genuine. And then their neighbor comes in and it's just like. Oh, yeah, this is how what happens after Swamp Thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then Corey is so funny in that scene. I really, really loved Corey. He was like, Don't worry, darling. Like, I'll take care of everything. Yes. So good in that scene. I yeah, something's staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) I I really, really, really think that those that arc is just perfect. It's a really, really good arc. And then starting off the next chunk um, that I have, uh, season seven, episode 14, I'm going to be like you, dad. Yeah, that's a really good episode. We talked a lot about it today. And um, I think that it's, you know, it's where Eric goes back to the wilderness store. It sparks a conversation between how much Alan thinks his son is capable capable of. Um, And then meanwhile, we get my favorite line of the entire season that I've already repeated twice, but uh, I'm going to be on these for the rest of my life. Yeah, both. I think this is one of the, there aren't a ton of episodes. I don't think that like we love both storylines, but I think this is one of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that uh, we have the endearing stuff with, Eric and then we have just like Corey just being a freaking mess and a half and like worried that he's going to die and he has his little placebo pill (laughs) so stupid um and then continuing right on I also have episodes 15 and 16 the war and seven the hard way which is like a two-parter yeah I mean those are so epic um yeah it's like a it's I love it's kind of like a bottle episode I love getting all the crew back together and when they're having a fight amongst themselves it makes it even better yeah all very good episodes I think I have the war ahead at number what is it at number 10 so that's kind of like i have it kind of mid you have it lower yeah yeah and then i have the piece at 14 because this is what i have you know i love an emotional sean moment so family ties for me is the best episode of the season in my opinion i just think that having those writer strong moments is just so good we have Mm -hmm. the chet scene um, I think that it's dramatic. It's interesting. I really love that episode. That's my number one. Um, I have They're Killing Us, number two, which is the episode with the bridesmaid dresses and the Topanga eye yep. twitch and Judy Hopperfeld. I have that one also in, uh, yeah. amongst my favorites as oh, well. Oh, and the curtains are on fire. The and curtains Nook. Who on... can forget the Nook? No, the Nook is the picket fences. No, I know, but I forgot to mention it before. I, I said the Nook. Oh, you said the Nook? Yeah. Well, we got to, no, you know what? You can't say the Nook say... enough times. Yeah. And I just think that episode is so under the radar funny mm-hmm. um and once again like that topanga eye twitch is just masterful it's so funny yeah and then of it, course like in the top episodes i had to include brave new world part two the second one is better than the first for sure yeah i have a number nine um i i have it i mean honestly there's not a lot about episodes um i also think that the provider is a really great episode i have that as my number four Oh, um, see, that's interesting because I got very annoyed about that episode because Corey pissed me off. So I much. know you did, but I, I, I never felt that way. And I think it's because mm-hmm. 
that ultimately they came together. Yeah. No, it has a good resolution for sure. Yeah. Um. So which which one ends up? Be- so you have um the per- you have the sorry, the family ties one at number one. What was your number two? Uh, they're killing us. Oh, That's okay. That was your number two. Yes, yeah, I love that one too. I mean, the current my brother the is current, a moron. Nobody can deny. And then Feeney's an FBI agent and <laughs> jumps over the wall. So funny. That is a very, very funny episode. It's really good. Um, in terms of least favorite episodes, I think some of these are fairly obvious. I really did not like the first two episodes, the two-part premiere. I have those at the bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really hate she's having my baby back ribs. Yeah, we we've been new. I mean, we've talked about it so much. It's just it doesn't do it for us in the year of 2022. It makes us feel bad. Like it shames us. Yes. Even yeah. to this day. And I don't think that any show should make your audience feel like, you know, yeah, make, make them feel, feel badly. Bad. Yeah. And I think that to call Danielle Fischel or Will Friedel, um, you know, overweight or fat is absolutely obtuse, uh, obtuse, obtuse. Yeah. Rather, and uh ridiculous yeah but, it's terrible uh nonetheless we we prevail i hate those episodes too those are definitely on my bottom five um also there is uh you light up my union because i hate getting scammed by monkeys i don't care if it's marcel the actual <laughs> marcel i don't yeah. want to see it i don't want to see it that one i i agree it's like it's kind of a nothing for me but yeah, yeah i agree a- with that I also don't like the episode where Jack and Eric are gambling and also Corey and Topanga get back together after Corey is like, I'm going to be the school mascot because you don't yeah. think I'm dangerous enough. It's stupid. No such thing as a sure thing. And it's yeah, dumb. episode four, shitty episode. It is. Um, moving on to our season rankings. Previously, mine were yeah. season five season three, season four, season one, and then kind of tied at the bottom. I had two and six. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm very curious to hear from you, Sarah, where season seven ranks, because it is a season yeah. of highs and lows, I think. I know. Well, I got to say, it's definitely on the top half mm-hmm. of my seasons. I'm going to keep season five as the best season of Boy Meets World ever. Yep. Without a doubt. Number three is my number two. And I I mean, I could put season seven here. I really could. But I think ultimately, like season four is going to be has so many heavy hitters and it is very quintessential Boy Meets World. So I'm going to put four at three, seven at four, then season one, then season six. And then I'm still going to put season two as my least favorite season. Yeah, I um. It's funny. We're almost in lockstep here because I agree. I have season five, number one, season three, number two. I very much waffled at this point whether or not season seven is better than season four. I know. Maybe we need to watch them both to decide. Absolutely not. But what I will do (laughs) is for right now, I am going to put season seven in third place, which follows the season four is in fourth place. But I'm going to leave this open for myself and I'm going to revisit in revisiting everything that I'm going to be revisiting for next podcast. I'm leaving myself the wiggle room. If I want to swap places for those two, I'm going to let myself. Can I do I that too? To. Can I piggyback yeah. off of you? 
Yeah, I think you definitely could do that. Okay. I think it's like because season four at this point for us was a very long time ago. Yeah. And so I, I like the idea of like, you know what? I'm going to relook through some of the season four episodes and try to revisit my thoughts on them and we'll see where I end up. But that is currently where I stand. Love that for you. And then um, what what's after season four? Uh, one and then I have two and six kind of tied. I don't know that I ever broke that tie. They're both oh. not great. Okay. Um, I thought if push came to shove, I think I would put season six lower because I really remember just despising it. It was not, it was not mm-hmm. as fun to podcast about. Um, right. and unfortunately theme song readings, it's, it, you know, it's the it's same. Been the same. It's Do you the prefer, same. um, Rachel getting, uh, dumping the bucket or do you prefer, or I think I like the girls dumping the bucket. Yeah. No, I think it's Corey and Topanga dump the bucket or Eric and Jack dump the bucket. Oh, it's... I don't remember then. Okay. Well, whatever. I'd have to, oh, yeah. I'll have to revisit. But okay. that's where we are with our theme song ratings. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's season seven. That's the whole season. We did it. We did do it. Yeah. And of course, like we said, it's not over yet. So we did get some feedback, but I'm going to hold that off until next week. I want to kind of save that for our last That's podcast. That's a good idea. So if you have feedback that you want to send in, this is your chance. This is probably your last chance. Um, email us, shit90spod at gmail.com. Go on our website, shit90spod.com to leave us a voicemail if you want. Leave us you an email. Leave us a Twitter message. Us. You do what? They could tweet us. They can tweet us. We are at shit90spod on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at the Jess Sterling. Sarah is at Sarah Ferguson. That's where you can find us. Give us your feedback. If you love Boy Meets World, if you, I don't know why you would listen to this if you hate Boy Meets World, but who knows? Um, (laughs) Send us in your season ratings, you know, send us in your thoughts, your MVPs, your LVPs, send us all of those things. We love getting feedback um, because that's, you know what, we're, it's an end of an era and we need to hear everyone's thoughts. Um, So reminder, we'll be back next week. One last podcast for Boy Meets World. Uh, until we put a put a final seal the envelope that's not a thing a rubber stamp this series for us this first series that we covered on the podcast um so you you will know all the plugs it's the same as last time at the i'm at the just erling sarah's at sarah ferguson on twitter um come find us come listen to everything we have going on and until then we will talk to you all next week have a good one everybody goodbye just Shit 90 shows taught me. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.